Introducing Pastor Zama Segbeji. Pastor Zama is the Senior Associate Pastor of Solution Chapel International, having begun as the first member of the church in 2009 and believed in the vision God gave her husband to start Solution Chapel. She's a practicing pharmacist and continues to support the work of the ministry alongside her husband, Pastor Adama Segbeji. She is a conference speaker and the convener of the yearly women's conference, the Precious Jewels Conference, which challenges women to rise up and be who God ordained them to be through practical teaching and application of God's word, as well as mentorship. The conference focuses on emotional, relational, financial, health, business parts of life, and is particular about raising godly families. This conference attracts women from various parts of the UK. She's the mother of three beautiful children. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Please Pastor welcome Zama to the microphone, Pastor Zama Segweji. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the warm welcome. What a privilege to be here. This was not orchestrated by man. This was divinely orchestrated from the foundations of the earth. When we ask ourselves, why are we here at this time? Everything is pointing out to why we are here. It was five years ago. I was here. This auditorium was not complete. You were still meeting in the other auditorium there. I walked in, Pastor Nomti was reminding me how I just broke out in praise and started praying in tongues. I didn't even remember it. But today God has made it possible for us to be here to see what the Lord has done to see what God has done in the midst of his people. So we know it was five years ago. This month is the fifth month of the year. Today is the fifth day of the fifth month. So grace is speaking for us. So grace is speaking so highly for us. In our life, my husband and I, everything has followed numbers. I don't know how. But we got married on the 7th of the 7th of the 7th. So I know that God is with us. He will give us grace this morning. This is the grace that we are flowing in this morning. I know it's your month of covenant restoration this month. And I believe God has given me a word that will help with this theme, amen. So I thank my husband for letting me, for pushing me in to be the first one this morning. But I know that God has great things for us, amen. Praise God. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. You alone are worthy. Without you, I am nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I can absolutely touch no person's life. But your word that you have put in my spirit, your words are life and they'll bring life in your people. We give you praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to borrow Pastor Nomtis. Are you enjoying your life? Are you enjoying your life? I'm enjoying mine. Amen. 
I hope you've all bought her book. What a blessing it is since I came. It, I've just been reading it, reading it. So if you haven't got a copy of her book, do yourself a service and go and run after service and buy it. It's such a powerful book, amen. So this morning, I just want to teach. I've only got an hour to go. Um, the garment of praise. I love praise and worship. I believe praise and worship is what has shaped me to be the person that I am. Pastor Nomti just narrated how we were both serving in, in various churches. She served in TCI, I served in TGM. We come from the same country. We come from the same city. But we all went to London to meet our destinies in London. And when we met our destinies, we both met men of God who love God with all their hearts. God has something in store for you this morning. Tap into the grace that is in this house. Amen. There's a grace that is flowing in this house and it's here to bless you. Amen. The book of Isaiah chapter number 61. My title of my message is the garment of praise. The Bible says to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of gladness for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be anointed. Amen. God wants me to speak to you this morning about the garment of praise. What garment are you wearing this morning? You've had the word explosion two weeks ago. You had the word. You had the prophecies. After you've had the word, after you've made decrees, after you have fasted, after you have prayed, what do you do in between? Between the word of promise that has been spoken over your life and the manifestation of the word. Some, it might happen immediately. Some, it might take years. Some, it might take a couple of years. But between the word of prophecy that went out during word explosion, it was powerful. Speakers spoke from the depth of their hearts. What have you done with the word so far? And in between the prophecies you have received, which I believe you've written them down, and you're waiting on God for them, what do you do? You wear the garment of praise. You wait on God on praise. You praise him not because he's going to do the miracle tomorrow. You praise him because you are waiting on the manifestation of what he said. Knowing that God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said it? Will he not cause it to come to pass? But while you are waiting, the Bible says the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. As soon as the word comes out of the mouth of any man or woman of God, the enemy is waiting to steal it. As you step out into the car park, the enemy is waiting to steal the word, to take it away from you so that that prophecy doesn't come to pass. But while you are waiting, what do you do? You wait on the Lord. You praise him. You thank him. 
you exalt him, you glorify him, you magnify him and say, Father, thank you for this prophecy. I know that you are not a man and you will not lie. Amen. I know that you are a man and you will not lie. In your marriage, has God spoken anything? While you do not see the manifestation of the answer yet, what are you doing? Because if you are idle and do nothing, the enemy will fill the space with all sorts of things, with all sorts of thoughts. That's why every time you wear the garment of praise, wake up in the morning and praise him. Even if it looks so doom, gloom, you don't see how God is going to make your way. Wear the garment of praise. Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So you wake up in the morning, you praise him. You thank him. You say, Father, thank you. I slept yesterday. Some people never woke up this morning. I thank you that you gave me a word and I'm still standing on that word until that word comes to pass. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 150 and verse 6, let everything that has breath praise him. Let everything that has breath praise him. Hallelujah. What are you waiting on God for? It seems a long time if you're doing nothing. It seems a very long time between the word being given to you and the word manifesting. Do something in between. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3 and verse 17 to 18. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in their vines. The labor of the olive shall fall and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the field and there shall be no head in the stalls. Yet, something changes it. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You see, between everything else, the Bible says here, though the fig tree is not yielding anything, it looks like it's not yielding. It looks like your fruit, you've sown seeds, they are not yielding. It seems you've sown to the word that was spoken during explosion, word explosion, and you haven't seen the fruits at the moment. The Bible says, though the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in their vines. The labor of the olive is not yielding. The flock is not producing anything. Your business, there's no change at the moment. Since the time from explosion till now, while you are waiting on the Lord, do something. Verse 18 says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the feet of the deer to walk upon my high places. When you are waiting on him in praise, he gives you the strength. Because when you don't see the answer, you get discouraged. But when you are waiting on God, say, Lord, I don't see the fig tree is not yielding. My marriage still, there's nothing changing. My finances are the same way they were last year. What is it that I need to do? Praise him. 
Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him when the sun goes down. And while you are waiting, while you are praising him, he will show up. While you are waiting, while you are praising, he will show up. Let me show you what happens when you are waiting on him and praising him. Few things happen when you invite the presence of God in your life. The Bible says he dwells in the praises of his people. Psalms 22 and verse 3. He is enthroned in the praises of his people. So when you pray, we wake up, you praise him. Whether the field is yielding or not, whether the business is moving forward or not, you just wake up and you praise him. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits, he comes and lives in your praise. We all need God in our life. We all need God in our life in every way, in every possible way. Because his presence, remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in Genesis 3, the serpent was a more subtle of all the beasts that God created. In Genesis 3 and verse 1, he was the most subtle. He was skimming against Adam and Eve. The Bible says God used to come in the cool of the day and walk among them. And walk among them. Until that day, that subtle beast decided to ask them a question. Did God really say it? That you should not eat from that tree? Did God say it? This is what the enemy will keep asking all year round in your life. Did God really say it? Did God really give you that promise? Did God really mean you will be blessed and you will be blessed? Did God really say it? This is his schemes. He skims. He's always looking for a target. To find you off guard. To find you unaware. To find you in a vulnerable place. He will ask you, did God really say you are blessed? You are prosperous. You are flourishing. You are restored. Did God really say it? So God had to come with a redemptive plan. After they have sinned and they thought, oh, now we are naked. What happened to us? They didn't realize that when God was moving in and out in their life, they were being covered by the glory of God. They were naked, but they didn't realize it. That's the purpose of the enemy, to make you naked, unclothed, not wearing any garment, caught red-handed by the enemy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to strip you off your garment. He wants to strip you off the garment that was made available when Christ died on the cross. That is his purpose in your life. Don't let him catch you red-handed. Don't let him catch you, uh, catch you unaware. Because when Christ died, he clothed us with a royal robe. His purpose is to strip us off of that royal robe. Every day of our every life. That's why the Bible says we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Wake up, be aware, put on that garment. Realize that that garment is yours. Keep it clean, keep it pure, keep it righteous. 
So Jesus, God came with a redemptive plan in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. He said unto Adam and to his wife, the Bible says unto Adam and his wife, the Lord made them a coat of skin to clothe them. Oh, our God is faithful. Even in our desperate moments, he is there for us. The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is always there for us. In our naked situations, he is still still with us. When we feel vulnerable, he's still there with us. When we feel cornered by the enemy, he still comes with a garment to clothe our nakedness. I don't know who is here who feels the enemy has taken off everything and you feel naked. God is in this place this morning. He wants to give you a a garment that you will wear. A garment that you will put on yourself and cover yourself. He made it out of skin and cloth. He covered them. That part of skin makes me understand that God sacrificed one of the animals so that he can cover them. And when you sacrifice an animal, you take an animal out of your sheepfold, you use the skin. But the the, the, the animal has to die first. And when the animal animal dies, there is blood that is shed. God was relaying what's going to happen after Adam and Eve to restore mankind. He covered them with the skin of the animal. Not knowing that he is making a plan to cover us for his blood of his son to be shed for us to be covered. He was preparing us that... The blood of Jesus is going to cover you. This is just the blood of animals. But my children who are going to come through Christ are going to be covered by the blood of Jesus. So we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And do you know what? The enemy sees the garment on us on every day. Every day we wake up, we are the target. He wants to come and target our lives. Why? Because he wants to strip the garment. He wants to take the garment. Let's see what they did to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22. Let's see what they did to him. Amen. Then you realize that they stripped him of the garment thinking they are taking it away from us. But they didn't know. Praise God. They didn't know what the redemptive plan of God was concerning our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Matthew 22 and verse 1. Jesus answered them and spoke. Let me just carry on. Sorry, Matthew 27. That's my last scripture. Praise God. From verse 27. The Bible says, then he took the cup. Let's go to 37. Yep, 27. Praise God. Are you there? Matthew 27 and verse 27. Then the soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. Then they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted the crowns of thorns, they put it on his head 
and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat at him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe of him and put his own clothes on him. And they led him away to be crucified. So they first put the royal robe on him just to mock him, to say, Oh, hail, King of the Jews. And then they strip him off the robe and put on the clothes that he was wearing. What does that symbolize? Just like in the garden, God clothed them. Jesus was saying, they stripped me of my garment for your sake. They ridiculed me for your sake. They spat at me for your sake. They took the garment off me so that you and I will be clothed with a garment of righteousness. So when they stripped him and made him naked, they were doing it for you and I. So that here on earth, the Bible says we will reign as kings. He was the king of kings and they were mourning, mocking him. He is not a king of servants. He is the king of kings. So we are all reigning here on earth as kings. We are all reigning here on earth as kings. They stripped him so that we can embrace that garment. But you know, when you wear a garment and you don't understand what it means, it doesn't do anything for you. You have to know what he did for you. And his word tells us clearly that he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. We were healed ages ago. But if you don't know that you will walk all your days of your life sick, confessing sickness, owning sickness. Because a lot of us, we go around and say, it's my diabetes. It's my high blood pressure. Whereas he took care of it long time ago. The Bible says in Zion, there shall be none barren in our land. He has made us so many different promises. But if we don't know, the Bible says my people, they perish because of the lack of knowledge. We perish because we don't know what we have in Christ. We perish because we don't know. God wants to perform a miracle. He says, I did it. I promised you. None shall be sick in Zion. Why are you not believing my word and standing on my word? Because Jesus did it all for you. I remember many years ago when my husband proposed to me. I always tell my testimonies everywhere I go because I believe if you know God has done it for one, God will do it for you. You see, when we praise and love God, there's nothing he will not do for us according to his word. My husband proposed, I was there, yes, many years ago. And he said, I'd like to get married to you. Immediately the enemy said, you can't have children. <laughs> you can't have children, you can't say yes. So I said to him, well, there's a possibility I might not be able to give you children. He said, why? I said, because I only have one ovary. He said, let's pray. In a restaurant, he knelt down, he prayed for me. That's why we need to have godly husbands, godly wives who will agree with us. 
Amen. He knelt. We got married. I forgot all about it. Two months later, I was pregnant. In the third trimester, the enemy comes back again to poke his head. My eye, my left eye, had a retinal detachment. So I was just going to my routine checkups. I went to the opticians and they said, you need to be admitted urgently. Your left eye, eye is detaching. So I had to be admitted at three months pregnant in the first trimester. Every mother knows how important that is. And they gave us... And they said, the doctor said, well, this is the situation. You lose your eye or you lose the baby. Which one do you want to lose? My husband said, in our family, we don't lose anything. We don't lose anything. In our family, we don't lose anything. So I went through with the surgery. It took nearly four, five hours in the surgery. So you can imagine my husband was pacing the floor outside the theater, I came out. God healed me. God gave us another baby after that. And God gave us our last boy. So when we gave us our last boy, the doctor who did the surgery said to my husband, hmm, I don't know how a baby came out from here. He stood back and I said to my husband, because when you do it, your surgery, you can actually talk. I said, what happened? And they're still operating on me. He says, he doesn't understand how the third baby came here because the other ovary is nearly damaged. So he said, oh, wow. Okay, we had our baby. After that, we have postnatal, postnatal checkups. And the doctor, for some strange reason, after recovering maybe four or five months they ordered me a scan. And um, they just said, oh, we just ordered you a routine scan. Go and check up, do and go an ultrasound. We just want to make sure everything is okay. I didn't order it. No one ordered it. No one knows who ordered it. I believe it was God. So I went to the ultrasound department and they did the scan. And when they did the scan, the doctor said, oh, there's your right ovary here. And there's your left ovary here, I said. I said, how? I said, pardon me, doctor, I didn't hear you. He says, yeah, let's measure it. He measured the right ovary. The ovary was perfect. He went to the left and said, okay, you want to see me measuring it? She measured the left ovary. She says, it's a good size. The texture is good. Everything is good. We don't have to see you again. I don't know who you are this morning. Where God said it's impossible. What men said it's impossible. When men said it's impossible, this morning God says, I am making it possible. I am making those things that are impossible to be possible. I am making those things that were impossible. That doctor said it's impossible. That lawyer said it's impossible. That bank says it's impossible. I'm making those things possible. So that you will come back and give me the glory. So you can come back and give him all the glory. 
and give him all the glory. He is the doer of all of this. I have nothing to do with it. Obey God. Pray when God promises you to pray. And leave it, the rest to him. Keep praising him. Keep glorifying him. Keep glorifying. In actual fact, the part of the testimony was after, they, after their childbirth, they said, oh, you're now going to go into what we call surgical menopause. I said, me? Menopause. Yes, because your ovaries are not working. Do you know the doctors prescribed me tablets to start taking and I refused to take them. It was after the scan. All the symptoms they were saying I'll see, I didn't see them. All the symptoms. God is the God of the impossible. He likes difficult cases. He likes difficult cases. He likes difficult cases so that no man can take the glory. So that no man can take the glory. So that when you praise him, praise him from the depth of your heart. Don't let anyone take your garment of praise. Joseph had a coat of many colors. The Bible says his brothers envied him because of his coat and because his father loved him more than all the others. Just for the coat. Why can daddy make him a coat? Why, what about us? Why can't he make us coats? Why doesn't he make me a mini jacket? Why doesn't he make me a long coat? Why doesn't he make me a three-quarter sh- sh- a, a coat? Thank God for somebody's blessings. Because yours is coming when you thank them. When Job prayed for his friends, his deliverance came. So the brothers of Joseph, they take him and sell him. First, they dug a pit to hide him, to say, Daddy loves you so much. Let's just pretend you are dead and get rid of you. Dig him in the, and they decide, oh no, this is a bad idea. They take him out of the pit. And then they decide, let's sell, let's sell him to the Egyptians that are passing as a slave. They succeed to do that. And when he gets to Egypt, he goes and he serves in Potiphar's house. And from there, Potiphar's wife plays a trick on him. As usual, the devil always plays the tricks, all tricks into our lives. He plays a trick on him. Thank God he was fine to be righteous. He goes into prison. And from prison, he becomes the prime minister. He went to the pit. He went to Portis of his house. He went to the prison. He went to become a prime minister. When the cult is yours, no one can do anything. Even if they take the cult, it's not the cult. It's what God has put on the inside. For greater is he who's on the inside of you than the one who's in the world. Greater is he who is on the inside 
of us. Joseph and his coat, the dream was still speaking. After the, the, the coat has been stripped off, the dream was still speaking. The dream was still speaking. He did become a prime minister. What are your aspirations? What are your dreams? Are you willing, even if you begin afresh, to do it over and over and over again? It is told millionaires in any currency, if somebody loses a million and they've been able to make a million, they can lose everything, house repossessed, cars repossessed, everything. But because the idea is on the inside, you can strip anything. Next year by this time, they would have made the same million. Because everything is on the inside. Whatever we need, God has already put it on the inside. The spirit makes testimonies every day. God is nudging us. But are we too busy for God to nudge us? This world is getting so busy. Don't get too busy because in the garden, his sole purpose was for us to have fellowship with him. Everything you need is in fellowshipping with him. How much time do you spend with him? How much time? Because as soon as you praise him, he comes and he sits next to you. The Bible says he will tell you all things that are about to come. He will reveal everything. The strategies that you need are in him. The ideas that we need are in him. The blessings that we are chasing after are in him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all these things shall come to you when we seek him with all our hearts. When we seek him with all our hearts. Pastor Nomti is an amazing example. Ever since I've known him, every time we meet, it's like we never parted. One thing you will hear in the room, we are laughing. We are sharing. But in her former church, she used to serve. Everyone thought she lived in church. Her address was in church. She served the senior pastors, she was there. We, we actually used to call her the Anna in the book of Luke who was waiting for the coming of the Lord. That's how she stayed with God. We are both in different choirs, but every time we meet, iron sharpens iron. The few days we spent here, the amount of revelation knowledge I've had just interacting with her. Amazing. Wear your praise garment. Wear your praise garment. Don't let the enemy strip it off. Don't let the enemy strip it off. In the parable, in the book of Matthew, Jesus was talking about hosting a wedding. Everything was set. The table was set, the decor, the lighting, decorations, no guests were found. No guests were found. He had to say, go to the streets, compel them, bring them, bring them in. Because everything is set. 
God has set the table for us this morning. Everything is set. But God is compelling us to come. Come. Call everyone. But then one thing happened. He noticed one of the guests didn't have the right garment for the wedding. He didn't have the right garment for the wedding. Because you know, Jesus is the bridegroom. We are the bride of Christ. If you come to the wedding, you wear a wedding garment. He says, take him, bind him, feet and hands and throw him into the outermost part of the earth for not wearing the right garment. What garment are you wearing this morning? When we see you, are we going to see a garment of complaining? Every time you are complaining about your situation, you are complaining about your boss, you are gossiping about this one, instead of just praising him. There's so many things to be thankful for. And as soon as you begin from number one and thank God for this, for that, by the end of it all, you are praising him. You are praising and glorifying him. Praise God. Let's go back to our scripture finally as we close. Book of Isaiah chapter 61 where we started. Verse 3 says, to console them who moan in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Say, that is me. Amen. Amen. God wants to give you beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you're feeling down this morning, put your praise music on. Change your atmosphere in your home. In our house, we've made it now. When we go into the house... There has to be worship, praise continually. Even our children have got it. When we start dancing, they join in. Because we know that when the praises go up, he comes down. You shall be called what? The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. So God is rebuilding your old ruins this morning. Anything that has been a waste in your life, God is rebuilding it this morning. And they shall raise up former desolation. Any vacant place, any desolation, any land you've bought and is not yielding, God is causing it to yield this morning. And they shall repair the ruined cities. Hallelujah. This is when you have to declare it for your city. God is rebuilding our city. God is rebuilding Lagos. God is rebuilding Nigeria. Keep declaring that God is rebuilding it. Amen. The desolation of many generations. Sometimes you look back in your generation, all you see is the same pattern. God is saying this morning, the desolations of many generations, God is, God is rebuilding it. Look at verse 5. Strangers shall stand and feed your flock. Oh, I thought you said bigger. Amen. Strangers will stand and and feed your flock. You can imagine if you have a herd of flocks. Somebody just decide, let me get grass. Let me get water for this flock. I don't know who is the owner, but I'm feeding them. 
and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen. Oh, I thought you'd say a bigger amen. The sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. These are the sons of the foreigners that will come. Somebody will just, just decide to bless you. You are walking on the street and say, sorry, my sister, what's your name? God just says, I should bless you. Are you a Christian? No, I'm not a Christian, but I just feel I just need to do something for you. And verse 6, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. Amen. And, verse, and, and the next verse, you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Oh, your amen is too weak. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And in their glory, you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of your confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. Hallelujah. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Amen. You have everlasting joy this morning. You have everlasting joy this morning. Many people will come and serve you. When they see your garment, they will say there's something different about you. When you've been in the presence of God long enough, Moses radiated the glory. You have to be in his presence long enough. Even the children of Israel, they couldn't even look at him. The glory was all over him. This is your story this morning. Stay in his presence. Restoration will happen as you wait in his presence. God will cause men to favor you as you wait in his presence. Vine dressers will come. Those who will feed your flock, they will come. Those who will will favor your children for no cause at all, they will come. Those who will give you a letter of recommendation, they will come. No matter where you are, they will find you. They will find you. This morning is your day of restoration. This day is your day of restoration. God is rebuilding all the ruined cities. Every ruined city, God is rebuilding. In the mighty name of Jesus. God is rebuilding this nation. God is rebuilding your life, your family. God is rebuilding your marriage this morning. God is rebuilding your children. Whatever the diagnosis of the doctors has been said, God is changing your story this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands and praise him? Why don't you lift your hand and give him praise? Oh, why don't you lift your voice and give him praise? Father, we give you praise. We exalt you. We glorify your name. You alone are worthy. You alone deserve the praise. Oh, Father, we give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is there anyone this morning who's believing God for restoration?
Anyone believe in God to restore anything? Hallelujah. You know, it begins with giving your life to Christ. It begins with giving your life to Jesus. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, this restoration will be just a story. It won't be practical. So if you are here this morning and you want to surrender your life, you want to run to God this morning, you want to give your life and say, Jesus, give me this coat that Pastor Zama is talking about. I want you to embrace me with this coat. Please come. Please come from wherever you are if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning. You haven't made him the Lord of your life. You haven't made him the savior of your life because all we are talking about belongs to his children. It belongs to his children. If you are one of those, you want to come and run to God and say, God, clothe me in your righteousness. Cover me from nakedness. I want to give my life to you. Is there anybody? Oh, we are all saved. We all have our garments ready. Praise God. Amen. If you are believing God for restoration this morning, raise your hand and let's agree. The Bible says, two shall agree as touching anything that it shall be done by our Father in heaven. Father, we touch and agree this morning. We touch and agree for restoration, Lord. Restoration of properties. Restoration of mind. Restoration of health this morning. Restoration of finances this morning. Restoration of children this morning. Restoration of health this morning. Restoration of fertility this morning. Restoration of health amongst us, oh Father. Any kind of restoration. A sound mind. We thank you, Lord, that we have a sound mind this morning. We are fully restored in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, Lord. We thank you that our restoration is complete as we wear the garment of praise this morning. We thank you that, oh God, you are embracing us. You are embracing us. You are restoring the years that the Kenkawam have eaten. We thank you as we step out. We thank you that we'll continue in our homes to praise and to worship you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And to you, oh God, receive glory this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And amen and amen. And amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, Pastor Zama. Did anybody get anything restored this morning? Are you sure? Are you sure? You know how we know? If you got it restored, your praises will never stop. Your hallelujah will never stop. No matter how the devil turns it around, it will never... Mm, because God has done something. You've received the word of promise. And you are sure he will never lie. Pastor Zama, thank you very much. <laughs> you can imagine why she was saying praise you just have to praise make it a lifestyle make it a habit wake up in the morning and when you praise god his presence comes out glory be to god in the high that was a word in season can you see restoration all through in that word restoration 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 we give god the glory <laughs>